Hello, welcome to Two Part Tales. We bring you new original stories split into two parts. This week's story is Fossil Fuels, Part 2, written by C.J. Claypool. Zack has been waiting all year for his alien friend to return. When he does, he offers to take Zack on a summer vacation he'll never forget. Fossil Fuels, Part 2 Zack adjusted his new glasses while he looked around the inside of the alien ship. So how fast are we going? he asked. Alien Zack didn't look up from the series of panels lighting up in front of him. Going backwards in time isn't about speed. Not like your science explains it anyway, he replied. Just know that we have enough Thessal Zycarium in your backpack to get us there and back again, with plenty to spare. He reached out to adjust a setting on the largest of five screens. I guess I can add that to the growing list of things I just don't understand, Zack said, wishing that his glasses worked inside the ship like they did back on Earth. So how long will it take, then? he asked. Alien Zack turned his head. Like I said, traveling through time is different than driving to your grandma's house, which we need to do sometime. I heard your mother say that you used her recipe this morning. Zack nodded, but still didn't have his answer. So it's going to take a while? Wait, he said. If we can go back in time, can we go to the future too? Illy and Zack laughed long enough for Zack to think through his question again and begin to wonder why it was so funny. Your Earth jokes are funny, Illy and Zack said, finally calming down enough to speak. He checked a small screen displaying a series of symbols Zack guessed must be numbers unless they were letters, or maybe entire words. He couldn't be sure. We're almost there, the alien reported. Where? Zack said. No, I explained this, not where. When? He leaned back in his pilot's chair. Getting to Earth is the hard part. Traveling back in time is easy once you've done that. Zack thought for a second before he realized that he was in way over his head. How? was the only question that made sense to ask. Alien Zack took a breath. Think about going to the library. It can take a long time to find the right book, but once you do, and once you've read it, is it hard to flip back to a certain page or paragraph? Maybe your, your favorite line or scene? Zack shook his head. No, he said, not sure where this conversation was going. But... Alien Zack continued. Could you flip to a favorite scene if you haven't read it yet? Again, Zack shook his head. I guess not. The pieces were starting to fit together. Good, Alien Zack said with a satisfied smile. I thought explaining intradimensional time travel would be harder for your Earth brain to understand. There was a polite bing from the center panel. Well, we're here. Alien Zack said. You'll want to bring your bag, and... He paused. Why aren't you wearing any foot coverings? Zack looked at his tanned feet. He wiggled his toes. I don't know. I just never cared for shoes. They make my feet sweaty, and my socks get dirty whether you wear shoes or not, so what's the point? Zack thought this was much easier to understand than interdimensional time travel. He strapped on his backpack, adjusted the glasses, and said... 
Let's go see some dinosaurs. After you, Haley and Zack said, pushing a button on the console to open the spaceship door. Zack stepped outside and took his first look at the prehistoric past. It looked like a different planet. There weren't any buildings, no airplanes, no streets, no telephone poles, no power lines. Everywhere he looked was simply, wonderfully, nature. The air smelled different, too. It wasn't exactly clean. There were plenty of animal, no, dinosaur, smells. But it didn't smell like the farm roads or city traffic, either. What do you think? Alien Zek said, finally joining him outside. Mm-hmm, was all Zek could say as he looked around, clearly amazed. Something chirped and called in the distance. It sounds like a bird call, Zek said, but with more of a voice than a whistle. He listened closely to it, and a series of pictures leapt into focus. Pages and pages of information organized themselves into a living document in his frames while he listened. Tap them here, Alien Zack said, gently touching the side of the glasses by the earpiece. That will save everything currently on your screen so you can study it later. And find something else right now. When he pressed his finger to the frame, all of the information shrank out of focus and disappeared. Look in front of you. Zack's eyes readjusted from reading the up-close document to the jungle in front of him. The large leaves were moving, rustling with activity. Is this safe? Can they see us? Zack asked. Well, they can't see us, but I'd guess they can smell you, alien Zack answered. Zack didn't know if he should be scared or insulted, but that didn't matter. He was too busy staring over the bushes and up into the trees as the two horns that were making their way into the clearing where he stood. A third one poked out, snapping a low-hanging tree limb as the triceratops pushed her way out of the thick jungle forest. Zack didn't need the first few pages of text to tell him what this was. The Triceratops was his favorite dinosaur of all time. He'd read all of the dino books at his library, and the magazines for kids that had special articles on prehistoric life. But this was different. He knew that a Triceratops could grow to be ten feet tall. And he knew that a basketball goal is ten feet off the ground. But he never quite pictured just how big that was when you put it all together. It walked toward the Zacks slowly, its long body still coming out of the jungle behind it step by rumbling step. It's gigantic, Zack said. Alien Zack coughed. There are better words, but yes, this creature is quite large compared to thousands of other species, ants, worms, and human children, for example. Zack heard his voice, but didn't listen to any of what he said. Not just gigantic, but really, really. He paused to think of a better word big. The Triceratops finally made its way out of the trees, breaking one with her tail as she exited. Zack suddenly found a new appreciation for how massive the dinosaurs were, and how small he was in comparison. A pterodactyl shrieked overhead, taking everyone's attention away from the clearing. It swooped down for a closer look at the new visitors. Zack's eyes bulged as data piled up faster in his glasses that he could clear out for reading later. It's as big as an airplane, he shouted over the winged creature's call. Yes, Alien Zack said, but this airplane doesn't use gasoline for fuel, if you catch my drift. 
Perhaps we should be on our way. He motioned his head back toward the ship. Zack nodded slightly and said, But I don't have anything to take back with me. Hurry up, then, Alien Zack warned, already standing safely back inside the ship, or they'll be the ones taking something with them. He looked at the ground around his feet. It was soft and slightly damp, just like at home. As he turned his head from side to side, his glasses found something he missed. They outlined the shape hidden in the mud and highlighted it for him, quickly analyzing it as Zack bent down to see what it was. The triceratops snorted into the air, followed by a deafening bark at the pterodactyl, who answered it with a scream of its own. Let's move it! Alien Zack shouted from inside the ship. We can't stay here any longer. Zack dug furiously at the mud until it finally clawed it free. It's a flower, I think, he said. The glasses displayed a quick message. This says it's a flower of five. Get it on board now, Alien Zack yelled. You can read all about it later. Zack took one last look around the jungle surrounding him, hoping that his glasses were recording everything so he could see it all again when he got back home. He hugged the mud-caked flower to his chest and ran inside the ship as the door closed behind him. Alien Zack worked on the series of panels in a blur. Zack didn't feel the ship move, but he heard all of the dinosaur calls go quiet outside. Are we safe? he asked. As safe as anyone can be traveling through time, I suppose, Alien Zack said. We'll get a lock on your homing beacon, then get you home. Where did you leave it, by the way? In my desk drawer, like always, Zack answered. The color faded out of Alien Zack's face. It's inside? Of your house? Um, yeah, Zack said. Is something wrong? Of course something's wrong, the alien shouted. How do you expect me to program this ship to land safely if the coordinates are inside your desk? Zack frowned. He wiped some of the mud off of the Flower of Five, revealing a surprisingly white petal. I don't know. It's never been a problem for you before. That's because you've always had the beacon outside. His voice cracked with frustration. Think about it. Your Earth spins and rotates, right? And what's more, it's actually moving in orbit while it's spinning, too. If I hit a return to previous location button, if such a thing even existed, we could end up halfway across your planet, probably in the ocean or stuck inside of a mountain. And that's if we were lucky enough to still figure out where the planet was to start with. Space is big. Now I have to manually land us safely outside your bedroom window from 65 million years away. Zack shrank back in his seat, wishing that he could somehow disappear completely. He sniffed and wiped a finger under his glasses to stop a tear from making it any farther down his face. I'm sorry, he said. I didn't know. Alien Zack sat back in his pilot seat and huffed. Zack swallowed the lump building in his throat and struggled to ask, Are, are we lost, then? Can't you get us back? He sniffed again and wiped his nose with a muddy hand. The alien spun his chair back to face the array of control panels. Zack heard him typing furiously, pushing buttons faster than he thought possible for a creature with only ten fingers. With the new privacy, Zack took off his glasses and wiped his eyes on his shirt sleeve. 
When he opened his eyes again, he looked up at the back of the pilot's chair, and his mouth fell open. He couldn't make out any definite shapes or sizes, but Zack could clearly see that the alien version of himself wasn't nearly as human-like as he thought. A dazzling multicolored light shone from the other side of the pilot seat. Zack, it said calmly, please put your glasses back on. We'll be arriving shortly. I need to concentrate, and I can't work with you staring at me. Zack did so without saying a word, and the light vanished. Why don't you study your new flower? Alien Zack suggested. Zack looked back at the flower that took up nearly his entire lap. He carefully wiped at the wet mud, revealing more of the flower's original color and shape. Every cleaning swipe allowed his glasses to process more information. Where and when it grew on Earth, what dinosaurs ate it, and something about it being highly sought after in certain circles. A soft bing interrupted his studies. He tapped the side of his glasses and looked up. Alien Zack spun his chair around slowly, but didn't open the ship's door. About what you just saw, he started. Zack shook his head. I didn't see much, really, and I won't say anything to anybody. I mean, like about any of this. The alien nodded with a smile that set Zack's mind at ease. I would appreciate that very much. He reached out, a finger hovering over the door's release button. I checked my calculations six million times, allowing for every possible variable. We should be close, but hopefully not too close. With that, he pressed the button, and the door began to open. Zack held his breath and squinted his eyes as the door slowly lowered open. The sunlight poured through the opening, but as his eyes adjusted, Zack saw the platform finally touch down safely. Whoa, he whispered. Alien Zack leaned over to look outside. Not bad, he said. The ship settled quietly in the center of Zack's driveway. It's a good thing your mom parks her car in the garage, he added. Zack laughed the crazy style of laughter that can only follow a narrowly avoided disaster. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, for everything today, Zack said, instinctively reaching out to hug his alien counterpart. Alien Zack stepped back and held up a cautionary finger. Whoa, whoa, hang on. Remember? Zack thought back to the beaming light he saw radiating from behind the pilot's seat. Oh, yeah, um, right. So probably no high five either, I guess? That might not be wise, Alien Zack replied. I'm not sure what physical contact might do to your human form. It's just never been done before. Fair enough, Zack said. He turned his head to look back at his house, but then spun back around. About earlier. It didn't... I mean, you didn't scare me. Your real form, I mean. He hesitated for a moment while the alien tilted his head with a grin. Zack cleared his throat and finished. I think you're pretty awesome. Finally, after so many failed attempts, Zack found a sentence that he could proudly remember saying to his new friend. Alien Zack's grin turned into a full smile. And I think the very same of you, Zack from Earth, he said. So, same time next week?
Yeah, and next time I won't leave the tracking beacon inside, he said carefully, making his barefooted way off the ship. Alien Zek touched a side panel, readying the ship for takeoff. Maybe we can stop by your grandma's house and get enough vessels I carry him for me to show you how big space really is. I can't wait, Zek said with a wave. He hugged the flower of five to his chest and watched as the ship's door closed again, disappearing from sight. He heard the familiar th and knew that the ship was long gone, flying through space, and maybe time. He tilted his head up to look at the sky and was overwhelmed by the information that filled his glasses. Stars and planets, galaxies and systems Zack had never heard of, began compiling data faster than he could save to read for later. He took off the glasses and said, I should call Grandma. We're going to need a lot of cookies. His bare feet slapped the concrete driveway as Zack ran inside, eager to begin studying. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe to this podcast to have new episodes delivered straight to your phone, computer, or tablet. You can also go to twoparttales.com to find links to our YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Twitter, and Facebook pages. Until next time, take care.